episode 17. Why, hello. I hope that you are enjoying yourself. March is slowly coming to an end. The world is slowly falling apart, but hopefully slowly rebuilding at the same time. It's been a really strange month, has it not? 2020 overall, just super weird. Nonetheless, this conversation is a bright spot for me. And I think if you are somebody who has siblings, this will be a bright spot for you. March is my birth month, so I wanted to have my sister on. She's currently in college. She goes to Truman University. She's a political science major. She's interning in Jeff City, and she's really living it up, and she's really unfolding in her adulthood now that she's 21, and she's just, I don't know, it's a really cool time to be her sister. And so I love her so much, and its I'm very, I'm wary to really put out the people that I love the most in life. I, I don't like to exploit them, <laughs> but I, I wanted to have my sister on this because she and I have such humorous conversation and it's explosive and fun and there's a lot of heart care and just it's beautiful and so I wanted to have my sister on just on record for when she's 50 I'll play this at her birthday or something nonetheless sit back enjoy this very in-depth personal conversation mom this is your trigger warning (laughs) you might want to prepare yourself this is my beautiful conversation with my kid sister Emily Took my love, and took, I it, took down. it down. I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I see my reflection through a stone covered hill. Till the landslide bring you down. Oh, near in the sky, what is love? Can a child within my heart rise above? She can't. <laughs> Can you sail through the changing ocean tides? Can you handle the seasons of my life? <laughs> so obviously we're at my house. So... You and I are sisters, and we have we do we really, thirteen and a half years between us. Did this really start? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm ready. <laughs> I, I know. don't think you are ready. I no, think I you're am. A mess. I, I'm ready. Did you say thirteen and a half years? Yeah. It's only like twelve and a half, really. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You were born in '98. Okay. And I was born in '85. So wait, is there a time that you're fourteen years older than me? I turned... No, because right now I'm, you're only 12 years older than me. Because I'm 21 and you're 34. Wait a minute. That's 13. Yeah, you don't know your math. No, I am I am somewhere in between 13 and 14 so years older So when you're 35, you. you will be 40. It's all making sense now. I go. knew that the years within that up. We are obviously spread out in age. So just a little history. We have the same mom and we have hashtag different dads. <laughs> Which is our hashtag. Hashtag. That's not our hashtag. It is our hashtag. That should start being our hashtag. I like to. I like to hashtag. Hashtag different dads when we take photos. Did well, you not know that? Only when they're face to face photos, though. It's not like we post that every time we post photos. No, but like every now and then, I'll bust out the hashtag different mm-hmm. dads. Yeah. What's your earliest memory of being a sister? I'm sure I have some that are earlier than this, but I remember your white car. The Cavalier. The Cavalier. And you would pick me up 
from Francine's house. Francine was Emily's babysitter. Right. Every once in a while. And you would have all the windows down and the music was too loud. Mm -hmm. So I would cover my ears with my hands. But you have that big book of CDs in the back. So you would let me pick, which I didn't know any of the songs that I couldn't read. Right. But I remembered I would pick it by whatever the CD looked like. Uh Uh-huh. If it was cute. And then we'd play that. I also remember you bought me... A black jacket, just a zip-up hoodie, mm-hmm. and we bought a bunch of buttons to put on it mm-hmm. for, like, my fifth birthday or something. I was trying to make you into a punk kid. I know. I love my um, my Vans Off the Wall, my checkered Vans. Yeah. Promo for Vans Off the Wall. Right. This, is, this podcast is sponsored by Vans. I think in some ways, I knew that you weren't going to grow up to wear clothes like I wore and no. listen to music that I listened to. Probably because so- if you, you just looked at our rooms, mine was bright-ass yellow. Right. And yours was like a dungeon. It was. A cool dungeon, but a dungeon nonetheless. Do you remember coming into my room and like singing, like because I, I had loud, essentially anywhere I was growing up with you, I had loud music around me. So do you remember coming into the room and singing like, standing on the futon that I had. and Yeah. Like... Yeah, I remember... Well, first of all, speaking of the futon, I remember you had that giant, puffy beanbag chair. The foof chair. The foof chair. And you never let me sleep on it, but there was one night, and it was, like, right before we were going to Disney World or something, and you weren't coming. I don't know why. And you <laughs> let me right. sleep on the poof chair. No, I remember singing and dancing in there. I remember... I don't know why I remember, but I remember American Boy by... Estelle. Estelle featuring Kanye West. Mm-hmm. That was in college. Well, that's the song I remember us jamming to. It's the only one I can remember the words to. Hmm. What are your favorite bands? Would you like to name some of the bands that you like? We had one rule going into this. <laughs> it was, I don't have to name bands. <laughs> well, or whatever. Or what songs or what... Like, why is that? Do you think that's a generational thing that your generation doesn't remember song titles, album titles, or band names? Um... I don't know. I think, I mean, I think I'm a little different from our generation when it comes to music taste. Because you have the taste of a 68-year-old man. Okay, not always, though. Yes, you do. I think I'm, (laughs) first of all, rude. Second of all. Second of all, you come to our house and if your dad puts on music, you know every lyric to those songs. Well, that's true, but that's because those were played all the time. Mm -hmm. That's like what we played to, like, during Christmas. It wasn't like, you know, I was going out on my own at, you know, seven and figuring that out. But I think, (laughs) um, I, I do have a lot of different music tastes that I like. I, you know, I'm, when I'm in the car, you guys all hate it, but I like to listen to country music. I'm never modern day that. country music. In Where the did car. that come from? Because none of us at the house listen to modern day country. No, music. it came from. Um, it was slightly rebellious because mom straight up told me in middle school that I was not allowed to listen to country music. Right. She didn't like it and she didn't want it around. But it was also just that's what they played in gym class in high school or during driver's ed. That's what was on. And the hot guys in their trucks. And the hot guys in their trucks with their truck none nuts. of them. None of them were hot, but it's okay. Yeah, everybody in Monroe County is a Hoosier. That's true. And I dated many of them. And we were two of them. Yeah. We're Hoosiers. We are Hoosiers. We're not from Indiana, though. No. What is a movie that reminds you of me and you? Tough choice. Tough choice. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't like answering questions where it's like, what's your favorite? Why are you on the podcast? (laughs) 
Okay, listen. Listen. It's not my fault. The wine. It's the wine's fault. But no. I don't think we have any movies that we like to... Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. I'm what sorry. Is it it's took it? a long time to get there. First, I was thinking, like, where the heart is, Sweet Home Alabama. Right. Those types of things that I watched with mom. But no, now I'm thinking Twilight, which is such Twilight. a random movie no, to bring up. No, I love up. it. But that's the movie that you and me watch all the time. Yeah, we... Any time twi- I was watching it this morning. Anytime it comes on, me and you are both really excited about it. And everybody else in the family hates it. Well... And we don't like it, but no, we, we will wa- We will stop everything to watch it. No, we will. We will stop everything to watch Twilight. I'm not kidding. It was on this morning, and I was getting ready for work, and I'm Which like... one? It was Breaking Dawn Part 1. Okay, well, that's the one that we watched first, because you had I to took take you me to... the movie theater. You took me to Breaking Part 1, and you took me to Part 2, because remember... We were sitting there, and we we had gotten there late, so we were in, like, the front row of the movie theater, which is the worst row, and we were sitting there, and it's like, there's a baby, we don't know what's happening, and you're like, what did I bring them to? No, no, no. The baby's part two. Well, no, I know, but part two's the one that really got us. That's the one where we had to, like, crane our necks to watch, but we started going, because you took me to part one, because mom was like, I'm over it. You know what movie reminds me of you is The Purge? Because of Lizzie. Because you and your friend, <laughs> I, how old were you probably? 14. Okay. We couldn't drive yet. You, you guys were like, hey, well, you want to take us to this R-rated movie? And I'm like, sure. Like, this is cool. So we go. It's the worst movie ever. Because it's it just, was. it's terrifying. And it's awful. And it's about culture, just. And it's like where we're going is a future in this country if we keep getting any worse. No, I'm sitting there with you guys and I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, this was not the movie to take these two young girls to, and what a terrible movie this is. Okay, but, okay, but you know what, though? You know what else that day reminds me of? What? Robin Thicke. Because what was that song that he had that was, like, really popular, and we were singing it the whole car ride up? Yeah. And the whole car ride home. It was that one song that it he was had that one with song. the Pharrell Williams. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. With the naked people in the yeah, music video. Yeah, blurred, li- blurred Lines. Blurred Lines, yeah. yeah. That's what it was. The story of you with me oh, okay. is I was in the birth room when you were born. I know. You I cut my cord. I cut your umbilical cord. I pieced together the other day. I did an astrological chart just for fun with this random girl. And she was like, what time were you born? And I, in my head, I was like, well, I know it has to be after when Lauren would have got out of school because school gets out at 3.30 right. and she was in middle school. So and Aunt Jean five, me up. I guess. You, mom was already in labor by the time I got out of school. I know. It's the most mom thing ever that she was like, well, Lauren's in school, but like, I'll just go to the hospital. Like, we'll figure it no, out. No, no, no. She had a checkup that day. Well, I know, but she at some point was like, I'm having a kid. We won't get Lauren out of school early. We'll just let her come yeah. out. So Jean picked me... Well, I don't think she had a choice because there was nobody to pick me up from school. Because this is... I just moved to Columbia, so I didn't know anybody. Right. She didn't have that mom squad that she talked about in the last podcast. Right. And so Jean... Takes two hours for Jean to get up to get me. We go to the hospital. Mom... I remember walking in. Mom had already had the epidural. And she had her headphones in. And she was, like, jamming out. And... She was really happy and excited and didn't look like she was having a baby. Right. And then all of a sudden it was like, all right, it's go time. Everybody's here. And then well, I... My dad wasn't there. Yeah, your dad wasn't there because he was... He was like, eh, In Vegas. Baby, eh. He traveled for a living. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, I, I literally watched you come out of mom's vagina. And that was like really good birth control or were you like... It was. Cool. It was terrifying. Anybody, like, I'm going to be a doctor. Anybody who's worried about their children having sex and getting pregnant and having a baby before they're ready, have them watch a live birth because it scared the absolute shit out of me. I was, 
I did not want any part of that for a very long time. And I was, and I was boy crazy. I was a little baby, though. It wasn't like the worst birth ever. No, it was an easy birth. But I saw things that I won't go into detail about on here because mom would be embarrassed. Oh, my God. They let you be at the end of the curtain? Yeah, you can be wherever you want. There's well, no I didn't curtain. know that she... Well, I thought she would be like, nah, stay by like, like my head. No. Don't it, look down there. I had a terrible perm, and I was all <laughs> over that room. I was like looking at what's going on down there, uh, back up with mom, looking at Jean. Like, I remember, go. I looked at everything, and it wasn't ugly or terrifying in a way. Like, it was beautiful, like, to watch you be born. But at the same time, it was equally like, oh, I'm never going to, I'm not going to do this, this for is a not long for time. Me. Right. So, anyway, um, and then I got to cut your cord, and then your dad eventually did show up later that night because his flight got in and stuff. But I don't, that's, that's the first thing I remember about you. And I was so excited because, like, even, you know, I was an only child for 13 and a half years, and I always wanted a sibling, and so to finally get one was, like, really cool, Mm -hmm. but I I was going through my adolescent stage, so I wasn't, like, completely in the place that I used to have been in it to, like, be excited for a baby. Yeah. You know? But I have changed your diaper a million times, you know? I, it's funny because you always tell the story about how I was carrying you, you were an infant newborn and I was walking around the house with you in one hand and a, the cordless phone, call, <clears throat> talking to my friend Rhiannon on the phone. And mm-hmm. then mom and your dad were at a Rams game. And I thought somebody was in our basement. And so I had a butcher knife in the other hand. Thank God nobody tripped. And I'm I'm like walking around the house being like, I'm going to have to kill somebody and like make sure nobody hurts you. Mm-hmm. It was very strange, but that was the rea- <laughs> that was the reality of me just like babysitting with you, tiptoeing in my Jordans, tiptoeing with my baby. <laughs> so essentially, I and like a knife. Yeah, it was bad. But here's the deal: I that's such a great visual to know that like I'm still that way. If I could carry you and also carry a knife and a cordless phone, I still would. And you and, you, t- you need both hands to carry me now, right? As shown, post Lady Gaga concert, it's snowing. Right. I have no idea why we only had one coat. I was like, I don't need a coat. I'm 15. No, it's because Tim dropped us off to the well, right, Lady but Gaga I concert. Well, I could have had a coat, but I didn't. We had cute outfits we on. We had cute I took outfits, you to get, adorable outfits. I took you to buy, I was like, let's buy cool outfits. Right, we had fun shoes on. But mm-hmm. no, you care, but instead of just like giving me the coat and like us running the streets, you're like, okay, you take the coat. And then, and then get, get on, on my, my back. back and you be the coat and you carried me through the street. And it was awesome. It's like the best memory ever. It's just snowing. It was pretty out that night. So what do you want to talk about? What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't prepare anything. You don't I have to be, Emily, you don't have to be prepared. This is not a... This is not my typical, just listen, podcast people. I typically am prepared. No, we are prepared. We are OCD family. But I purposefully, that's true. Lauren is extremely OCD, especially when it comes to family vacations. No, I need to know. She needs a plan at all times. Here's my thing. I don't need to plan everything, but I need to know a gist of a plan just so I'm aware that I I need to know where my boundary. I'm, I'm one of these people that's, I like to have boundaries. Do you, are you that way? Like, if I know my boundaries, mm-hmm. I know how far the line is away from what I want to do or what I have to do. Yeah, to a certain extent, I think that I have, like, areas that I know I won't go into. Like, you know, and I, I've set that up with my friends, I think, pretty well, where they're like, I, we don't even have to ask, um, you know, Emily to do that because she won't. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
I don't think I'm as, I'm typically not the needy friend in the group. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter to me where we go to dinner. It doesn't matter to me. You're not the decisive one. Well, I mean, typically I'm the one that's leading stuff. So to a certain extent. But you have to be plan. You have to have organization to lead. I have organization and I will do it. But like if if somebody else is making a plan, I'm not the one that's going to say, no, no, I don't want to, I'm not going to do that or that's not okay for me. I'm, I'm pretty much, I'll go with anything. But, um, to, up to a certain extent, you know, I have my limits, but like, for instance, I'm pescatarian, so I don't eat meat and people will say, let's go to barbecue. I'm not going to say, okay, no, right. I can't, you know, I'll figure it out. Yeah. You'll just eat sides. Exactly. So I'm, I'm more figuring it out wise than some of my other friends. Um, Madison, you know, my friend from school always Mm -hmm. tells me, she's like, you're the least pickiest eater I know. That's good. I think so. Well, I hope so. That's awesome because our mom is a very picky eater. That's true. She will not eat many things. She won't. And Jer- or your dad, Jerry, is very adventurous with... He'll he'll pretty much eat everything, but he also is picky. Like, for instance, we had vegans giving at our house. Yeah. And I could tell your dad was, like, not on board with trying vegan things. Well, so- it was because we made vegan lasagna, so it had fake meat in it. I think if we had done all veggies, he would have been cool with it. Yeah, but he was... But mom was also like, I don't know about fake meat, fake cheese. <laughs> well, and what's funny is, like, Tim and I are... We'll have chicken and turkey and fish. Okay, like, we mainly are Mediterranean diet. So, like, we will have a lot of fish and a lot of veggies with chicken sparingly. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of like our... When we... I don't know. You get a craving for it. Like, the yeah. birds come in whenever we want, like... Like, for the other day I had, like, a turkey panini thing because I was like I just really need some protein and I haven't had any turkey in a while so but mainly it's it's vegetables and we're not vegan but we have vegan cheese at our house but we will have but we also have like parmesan so it's parmesan do you say parmesan or parmesan I say parmesan yeah I used to say parmesan but now I say parmesan and what caused that the movie the family stone (laughs) Okay, well, you know what? what? You're, you're wrong. That's not how you say <laughs> no, it, it is. It is. Parmesan. No, it's not. I'm going to do Listen, it right now. I trust my cheese, and I know that it's Parmesan. And That's it's, a Midwest it's, thing. Okay, you're telling me that people on the East Coast say Parmesan? I am. I'm, I'm here to say that the people on the East Coast... Here we go. Are we ready? Okay, I'm listening. Oh, man. Who is going to win? Parmesan. No. Yeah, Emily, why don't you suck on it? Here we go. Parmesan. Google Translate doesn't know everything. Let's uh, be, it does. Let's, this no. is the answer. It is Parmesan. That's like that's gonna be like Americanized. What is it from Ital- from Italy? It's Parmesan. You, if if you I go watch, to Italy, they're gonna say yes, Parmesan. If you watch Giada overseas or uh-huh. anytime, doesn't even matter. Is, Giada's not Italian though. She's she American. Is. She's well, she's American, but her family's from Italy. Delorientis. Okay. Okay. Here, I know that you I'm are right a lot Parmesan. of the time. It just feels you wrong. better it say feels it. unauthentic. Anyway, I don't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> Family Stone. Wait, that was that was what no, came off. Hang of on, I have a new topic. Okay, your I want to talk about this, and you are not allowed to leave the room. <laughs> oh no, your weird. I shouldn't say weird. That's judgment. Your empathy with embarrassment. Okay, yeah. Okay, let's, let's 
get into talk it. Talk about it. What is it called scientifically and what is it? Number one, I have no idea what it's called scientifically. You le- you looked that up and found it. I didn't. No, you looked it up and you go, this is what I have. Okay, well, I don't, that was a long time ago. I just know how it feels. <laughs> You're having it right now. It's <laughs> empathy. You have a lot. Of, so we do come from a very it's, empathetic yeah, mom. Yeah. We have a lot of empathy in this family. But you have it, and your dad has this yeah, as well. It's genetic for sure. It's this very interesting thing where you will be watching a movie like uh, Meet the Parents. Yeah, which I've only seen like a few times. Or for you, it's actually a Family Stone. Yeah, can't I can't watch, watch that, that one. But tell, explain why you can't watch it. What happens? It's almost every movie, honestly, nowadays. But it's just if there's an embarrassing scene where the character, the main character, or even a side character, doesn't matter, you know. If they are in an embarrassing situation where they themselves are embarrassed, I can't, I can't watch it. Now, I feel their embarrassment. Right, you go. And, and I have to flee the scene. Okay, now let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Are you able to get through it? Like, can you, like, for instance, me, like, when I go to, this is kind of similar to that. If I go to church with Tim's parents. Yeah. I always get very emotional. Oh. Because... There's a certain point in this Catholic service where I get overwhelmed with the empathy of others around me having, like... When they're really feeling it, yeah, like, with like, their hands up. Well, when we do, like, the sign of the peace and you touch everyone and, like, everybody, like, shakes hands or... No, not everybody's... familiar with that, but okay, sure. well, they do that. And then after that, I usually get very weepy and I can't... I have to, like... I have to not be in the room anymore. I have to literally, like, go into my head or I have to... I have to do this thing where... I, like, focus on something else, and I can't be listening to, like, what's going on. Otherwise, I will start bawling. And so I think it's very similar to you not being able to watch these movies because you start feeling that intense feeling, and you can't... I don't have to get up feel and leave. it, yeah. I, well, I don't... I, like, right now, I don't really get up and leave. I, people would think that's really weird, I think, if I just right. left. Because, I mean, typically, when we're watching movies right now, it's like watching Netflix or something in somebody's living room. Mm-hmm. I think they would find it strange for me to get up and leave. So I have to get on my phone and check Facebook or, <laughs> right. so that's or play a game or something or just not. But it, I can't just continue to watch it. I, a lot of times I like to skip it. If I'm watching it with myself, by myself, <laughs> like on Netflix or something on my laptop, I will skip the scene. Right. If I know it's coming, we'll completely skip it. But if I don't and I feel it midway through, <laughs> we will just skip it for a few seconds. When did you realize this was a thing? Did you learn this from your dad? I don't know. I can't really remember if I was doing it prior to seeing him. But he, you know, we used to have Chick Flick Sunday with me and mom sometimes. Right. And sometimes you. And... If we were watching, say, um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, mm-hmm. a fan favorite, Matthew McConaughey, all the way, my favorite man. Um, and, you know, if she's doing some weird stuff, Dad would come down and he'd have a conversation with Mom. He'd sit in the side chair. Mm-hmm. And then he'd watch for five minutes. Something embarrassing would happen and he would physically get up. Get up. And laugh. say, he, would, he wouldn't laugh. He'd go, oh, no. And he would leave. <sighs> He would physically put himself out of that situation. Right. And I don't know when it started for me, but I can't do it anymore at all. I think it's the most bizarre thing. Not in a judgment way, but I can sit through. I can't laugh at it. I think it's it's the moments where it's supposed to be funny. Right. And it's not funny to me because I feel the embarrassment and I'm not having any of the gratification of like, the I'm humor. a movie star or I'm getting applause or people think it's think I'm funny. It's just, if this was real life and I was in it, I would hate this. Right. And I have to well, exit the situation. But don't you feel like that's the point of the arts is to put you in the place? Like when I watch movies, I always think like, who, which character am I? 
I don't like that game, but yeah. Do you... Okay, so you don't watch movies that way. When I was little, you know, when we were little and watching cartoons, um, Carmen would do that with me all the time. Yeah. We would always do... Carmen's your childhood. Yeah, and so it, it wouldn't be, which character are you, where we would ask each other. It would be like, we're watching Barbie... And she's blonde, so she would get to be Barbie. Or we would watch Dora, and she'd say, "You're, I'm Dora. You're Boots." And but I, you would and Boots be more is a Dora. monkey, so I didn't want to be Boots. <sighs> what did you love about having, like, because every day you would have sent mom was a working mom, and so you would go to a sitter every day. What were the pros and cons of that growing up? I think looking at it now, I'm I've I've worked at a daycare, you know. So I've seen kids who are only children, mm-hmm. and you and me both test as only children right. when we look at it. Um, those kids, you know, no judgment if you're only having one kid, but um, those kids need to be in a, in physical proximity to other kids. I disagree. No, because they, a lot of times, and, and even with parents, they just don't, they don't know how to handle, oh, somebody, somebody hit my kid. Oh, somebody said something mean to my kid. You know, you don't, they don't have the the interaction to understand how life works. I, I disagree, but I also had cousins around me Yeah, I think up. that you had kids around you. It wasn't like you were, when there's a kid who's only been with adults, mm-hmm. they just don't, they don't have that. Mm. You know, we were lucky enough where we were around each other 24-7, so it was almost like a sister's thing. I mean, it wasn't, but I, it was like... I think you, if I could say this, my developmental companionship was with, um, that's really loud. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just playing with the carpet and you're like hearing it. No, I think, so I grew up around my cousins, Mariah and Josh, and then Courtney came along. Yeah. And she was like, she was like my starter sister. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you grew up around me, who was like, I was a teenager, and I was, as you've gotten older, as we've both gotten older, you and I are starting to level out where we're understanding each other's worlds a little bit more sophisticatedly, because for a while it was like, wow, 13 years is such a long time between a 14-year-old and a 1-year-old. Like, it's just so much time. But then... Between a 35-year-old and a 21-year-old, now we're starting to, like, understand things a little better. We have more language. We have more understanding of ourselves. Like, it's much easier to be 13 years apart older than it was back in the day. But you had, like, Carmen and Brandy and all these kids that you kind of ran around with because of Francine, who Mm -hmm. was your, like babysitter after you would get out of preschool or you know while mom was at a, was at work or whatever yeah. so I think that it's very I'm thankful that you had those and because she she babysat a ton of kids so like there were always kids around you so you essentially had that companionship of other children around yeah. you to deal with the dynamics that happen yeah and I think like that was good for me to learn how to be able to communicate with people and you know state your needs and mm-hmm. all of that is very good the cons of that were for sure, you know, you're with somebody full time who is like a parent, but who isn't a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so you couldn't adopt fully what her belief systems right. were. Right, and, and I think the amount I was definitely with them more than the other kids were, mm-hmm. um, and just because of proximity to age for Carmen, I was in all of the same activities as her, um, and so yeah, it was just. You know, sometimes I would have different beliefs on things, and we wouldn't get along on that. 
But it's not where you can just run to your parent and say, hey, we're arguing about this and they have your your back. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that. And it was also just, you know, you talked about being independent because of mom's work schedule and then, like, your parents' divorce and then having to grow up quickly. And I'm talking think about previous podcasts. Previous episodes. podcasts, yes. I think I kind of had that to a certain extent, too. You know, mom worked a lot. Mm-hmm. You were in high school and in college. Mm-hmm. And then my dad... He was on the road for five days a week. Yeah, it's very true. And so I, you know, had to grow up pretty quickly and know what I was doing. And I think that's really worked out for me. So I'm grateful. But, you know, mom was in the last podcast was talking about how I didn't ask for help for homework Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. It was, it was, I think that was more just because I didn't know that I could. Interesting. You know, and I, I felt like I had to be driven on my own because nobody was gonna push me Mm -hmm. mom and dad have this very um old school thought process what is oh gosh just like neighborhood baseball they wanted me to be in sports but they never wanted me to do select sports they didn't believe in them Hmm. and so I was never as good as the when it came to school sports I was never as good as the other kids because they they had been training all year that Mm -hmm. was their one sport they didn't do anything else they were being trained by really good coaches. Until you got to cheerleading. Right. Until I was until I was in high school and then I was able to say, I want this. Mm-hmm. But even that, I mean, I when I first tried out for cheerleading and I was a eighth grader going into freshman year, I was so bad at it. Well, yeah, you hadn't done it before. Well, right. But I had just put in my head that it, you know, it was, I had been a dancer all my life. I could dance. What else was there to it besides putting people up in the air not that hard? And I came in and Rob really kind of... Rob, your coach. Yeah, Rob, my coach, really smacked me in the face and was just, this is not... You don't get to walk on this team with no skills. That's great. And it was because it was the first... It was one of the first times that people, you know, kind of... I don't like being underestimated. That really motivated me to come back and say, okay, well, if you don't want me, you will. You're going to regret right. that decision. It made you try harder. Right. And so that's when I kind of, I had to go and convince both of them because it, it's expensive to do select cheerleading. Sure. And so, um, or all-star as they would call it. And um, I started all-star and I was, I worked really hard and they eventually let me be on two teams at once. So I was doing double practices and then right. I came back the next year for high school tryouts and they, I had grown so exponentially that he really, I guess he could have said no, but it wouldn't have been. Well, he saw that you, he saw something in you that he liked that he thought, okay, she really is like pushing herself and has grown this much. And that's what a coach is supposed to do. It's not about recognizing who's the best. It's about recognizing who can be the best. Right. So he's, I mean, he looks at, exactly. It's half talent. What do they have? And it's half, what are they capable of? Right. Which he obviously saw in me. So that was, that was nice. Do you still keep in touch with him? Yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, I'm not, like, texting with him regularly. But um, they just had state, like, a month ago when Mm -hmm. I texted him about that. That's a really good alumni community. We all get together pretty often. I love that. I... I was always, I wanted to be a cheerleader and I did it in fifth and sixth grade, even though Tim will say that that doesn't count, but it did for <laughs> me. But then whenever I got to, I found soccer. I really loved that. And I like, I would play, you know, not on select teams, but I would play on like co-ed teams. Mm-hmm. And then there was like the beer league and I had some really good times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really happy I got to go through all those different sports and they didn't just put me in select in one because right. I eventually found what I was good at. Yeah. 
And I had been doing all these other sports. I mean, I was in softball, soccer, swimming. I did ballet, tap, jazz, pretty yeah. much any sport or club that would take up time that would be childcare for less than childcare costs. Mm-hmm. They were like put her in, right? Um, which is the which is such a generational thing, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Your generation is full of that, which is nothing to say. I mean, that's not on. The, I get that parents need to have that as an option, but it's interesting what your generation is going to grow up having all of these different experiences and interests, and then the concept of narrowing it down to what you act. Because what it comes down to is every person has their own interests, Mm -hmm. and it has nothing to do with what they're pushed into. It's like what you find your calling in your academia. And like, you know, you and I came from the same family, essentially, but it's (laughs) hashtag different dads. But essentially, we both are in our careers with public forums, which is kind of interesting, you know, but sports-wise, I took to soccer, you took to cheer, you took to school, I didn't until I got a certain age. It's interesting how, and then the dynamics (laughs) of uh, growing up with mom being 26 versus 39 is really interesting because I think that she was still growing as I was around, she was still figuring things out for herself, as she should have been, because she was yeah. still very young. And then by the time you were born, she had figured out so much and had things kind of narrowed down into the most efficient ways she could do things. And I I think that nothing against judgment on younger parents, but I think that the more age you can put between you and your child, the more efficient and just it's a line for success because I think you and I are a perfect example of that and it all focuses around mom because mom was my primary caretaker growing up and she was also yours because your dad traveled through the week all the time so Mm -hmm. he wasn't necessarily around as much as mom was and I think that it's interesting to see how different her daughters grew up but yet are very similar in ways Mm -hmm. it's it's just really cool and I think that's to a certain extent like I I wouldn't recommend that you're having kids at 50 or anything. And you're talking about your dad? Yeah. I mean, I love him, and he's... Obviously, I'm so happy that I had him... That he had me when... <laughs> that I have him now, but that he had me when he did, because, you know, I hear things about when he was younger, and I'm like, that is not my father. <laughs> um, if you have kids at an older age, it is a lot... It's a different perspective for them than their peers. How? Well, I mean, I had the oldest parents out of everybody in my class right. my entire life. And he would get mistaken for grandpa. Right, and he would, you know, he'd pick me up from daycare and they'd say, oh, your grandpa's here, and, you know, it was funny, and it is, you know. But it's more just, like, at this point in my life where I'm 21, he's going to be 69, mom's 60, where you, I have different concerns than my peers do, Mm -hmm. you know, where I think I'm more put pressure on myself, I need to get married and have kids earlier because... Even though I don't want that personally, I I think about that, you know, Mm because I want them to meet their grandparents. Right. It's just the financial things you start thinking about and it it just, it starts to hit a little closer home the older your parents are when you start becoming an adult because that is a perspective to it. And I don't think it's one that they intended on finding when they had me. No, they were, they were thinking solely about they really wanted to have you. Exactly. And that's the best reason to have kids, but... It is something now that where all my friends' parents are in their late 40s, early 50s, where my Mm -hmm. parents are, my dad's going to be 70 by the time I graduate college, that's a very different perspective. But he's a young 70. No, of course, and he's still, like, really out and doing stuff, and 
loves his life, couldn't be happier for him. But it even played into my, you know, college decisions where it was, you know, my dad was going to be retired and mom had, what, 15 years left of work or 10 years left of work. Or she'll never stop working. Or she'll never stop. We don't know. That's, that's, (laughs) we'll see how that goes. But, you know, it was, they didn't want to take on a huge financial debt, which I was so lucky that they were going to help me pay for college. That's number one. Yeah, it's a very, it's a privilege. You know, but... Where we went to school, there were everybody was helping their kids pay for college, and a lot of the younger parents are saying, "Oh yeah, we can take on forty grand of debt a year." You know, no scholarships go to a really expensive university because we have a lot a long time to pay that off. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that, right? Which worked out so much better for me. I love where I ended up going to school. It ended up being a one hundred percent better decision for me as a whole, and gave me a lot more perspective about money in the long term mm-hmm. and not wasting my parents' money when they were offering to give me such a great gift. So it worked out, but it definitely was a different perspective to have going into that than what my peers had. Well, this is interesting, though, because I, I think that, you know, you're the age I was when my dad died. Right. And so essentially, any time after this year for you that you have with your dad Mm -hmm. is more than I had at all. And so, and my dad died when he was, I believe he was 54. Well, he was the same age as my dad. So mom married two different guys that were eight years older than her. Right. Which is very interesting. Is that right? Let's see. It's been since 06. So it's been 14 years. Mm -hmm. Since you were six? No, no, no. Since it's been 14 years since he died. Okay. No, yes. I'm sorry. You just said since you were six. So, no, 2006. Okay, got it. <laughs> you you said it. I thought that is not right. 2006. So 14 years. July will be 14 years. Yeah, he would be the same age as Jerry. When you turned 21, I started thinking about like, oh my God, that year of my life was like the shittiest because... 21 is anything <laughs> I'm sorry it, it's hard everybody's gonna lose their parents if you're lucky you lose them later in life you get to live with you know by the time you're I don't know 50 they die you know 21 is like you have no idea what to do and you and I have talked about it before where it's like when mom and your dad pass away like how or you know one of them passes away what are we going to do with the other one like <laughs> what do they want to do you know and like those conversations will happen eventually but i like that i'm way older than you it for that regard where i'm like okay i have a little bit more of a foundation to where it's not going to be piled completely on you to deal with that like mm-hmm. whereas with me i didn't have a sibling that was my dad's and i didn't really have my mom or mom was you know divorced so she didn't feel like she could intercept and do anything and it was just, it was a really messed up experience. If I could have handled it differently, I definitely would have in so many ways. But at the same time, it's like, I was 21. I was still in college. I was right. like figuring my life out. So there's really no regrets with how it was handled. Right. I have some more respect for that right now with where our parents' ages are and how their health is. Where, you know, I think... I mean, you know, there's been points where I've wondered if something were to happen tomorrow, would I drop out of school? Would I have to move back home to take care of, you know, mom or dad? Would we be financially secure? Would we sell the house? Like, I think those are things that, and maybe it's a product of knowing what happened with your situation with your dad, but it's just things that are in the back of my mind pretty much Mm -hmm. all the time that I know for a fact are not in the back of other people's. Well, like, I can assure you, though, like, 
you wouldn't drop out of school. Like, you wouldn't need to because well, I'm right down the road. I know, but it would be, like, what I need to take. And it's it's also, pers- like, it's also what would I need. Like, what would you want to do? Exactly. Yeah. So, would I want to take a semester off and be at home with right. the other parent or with whatever? And, you know, I think that those are things that I have pretty pretty constantly in the back of my head as like a, what would you as do? a what if what if somebody passed away like what would you do I mean I think it's changed at different points and it also depends on which parent mm-hmm. but I think if mom were to pass away I think I would probably take a month off at the minimum she's gonna listen to this <laughs> she's gonna be, be pissed. so pissed she's gonna <laughs> lose it no but I think I would why would you take a month off? like why would you well I think that? that mom and this is terrible but I think that mom is more equipped to deal with losing dad than dad is with losing mom mm. I think it's more of a Mom is still working. She's still got a great job. Like Super hot. She loves the house. She <laughs> has everything going on. And dad has a great life. Don't get me wrong. He's a great social network. He's like happy. But he, if he were to lose mom's income, would he need a house that has four bedrooms and there's only one person living in it? We would all move into that house. We would all Tim, live in that house. Exactly. You and me would all so move we'd in. all move, you know, it's just, it's a different <laughs> perspective if one thing were to happen versus another. And well, my perspective with that's super weird because like, I love your dad, obviously, but he's not my dad. So there's always been, it's always been a, we love each other. We love each other. We're family. But at the end of the day, like, you know, blood is thicker than water as grandma would say. And, uh, grandma, (laughs) my grandma would threaten it. (laughs) Um, I guess I've come to grips with the fact that like, Like, if they go downhill, I am ready, because I didn't get to do that with my own dad, Mm -hmm. that I am, like, I've been charged up for 14 years of, like, I'm going to take care of the people I love the most in my main circle. Mm -hmm. It's it's on. Bedpans, let's go. You need help to the bathroom. Like, like, I'm, I'm ready to help everybody in our family bathe. And go to the bathroom. But I think you need to grow into that. Yeah. At 21, I was not ready for that. I remember my dad, he lived with my grandma at the time, and whenever he was going through chemo, and he was dying, we got the news in November of 2005, and by July of 2006, he was dead. Mm-hmm. In that time, when I would go down and visit him, I remember he had a bedpan, and he needed assistance, and I was like, I couldn't help him. Yeah. I, you know, And he wasn't asking me to help him, but like my grandma helped him. Right. And she obviously changed his diapers and, like, loved him for his entire life. Like, and she had dealt with a dying husband and a dying boyfriend. Like, she had already gone through death so much that she knew how to handle it. I was so ill-equipped to deal with that. And and I personally felt, like, strange about it. Yeah. Whereas now, all of that is gone. If you needed assistance or Tim's parents needed assistance, I am, like, ready to do whatever I need to do to help people physically and mentally get through whatever is happening. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I think where I'm at is, I think. <laughs> not, where I'm at is, <laughs> I'm not, not, I'm not changing the, the bedpan. We're not there yet. Um, <laughs> I can't see my, no. No, that, and that's fine. That's no, perfect. but great. I think it's more, it's just that you think your entire life, your parents are invincible. Right. Because they're the ones that handle everything. No, And then the second that that reality slips, you know, somebody falls or somebody gets into a bad car accident or, God forbid, somebody gets a disease and something bad happens. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the minute that that hits you, everything shifts. Mm-hmm. And instead of being invincible and you being the child, it's like they're fragile. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, it's, I hate to bring this up, but it's like coronavirus, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's, it's 65 and up men who have a history of smoking. Well, that's, that's dad. Like, Mm -hmm. so now I want to go home and Lysol the whole house and I can't be psychotic like that because they're adults who have, who are perfectly capable of handling themselves. Why do you want to Lysol the house? I want to get rid of all the germs. I want to lock them in the house and get rid of all the germs. (laughs) I think the more we come to grips with the fact that we are all going to die. Right the easier over time it becomes to understand, like, oh, yeah, everything goes away. I mean, I think it is, but, too, like, where I'm at right now, where my entire life is reliant on them, Mm -hmm. I live in their house. The apartment that I live in at school, they pay for. Right. They pay for my education. They make sure that I have food. Mom helps me with all of my paperwork for everything. Very, you are very privileged. Exactly. So I don't, I mean, it's almost a disservice because I'm, the second that something goes wrong, I'm panicked. Okay, well, I'm... Because ca- I'm scared that I don't know how to do those things. And I know I would figure it out. I'm, I've been in a lot of situations, perfectly capable. I know that I would get there. It but makes me feel good to hear you say this. It's scary to think that if all of that went away tomorrow, mm-hmm. that my life would be in limbo. Mm-hmm. Or it would be drastically changed and it would have to and I w- would respect that, but... I like to hear you say this because I sometimes worry that mom has been a helicopter parent to you. Which is interesting to hear you say that because I think, I feel like over the last six years, she's been a helicopter parent and I she definitely does handle everything. I love it. Wonderful. She's always there. <laughs> but she wasn't always like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like, it since I got last... to high school, yeah. even probably sophomore year, she like had more free time and had more time to, and dad was retired. So then the burden was really, and I didn't need full-time care. So when she could get in, she wanted to. Mm -hmm. No, I think, and she's going to listen to this and be pissed, (laughs) but she, but she shouldn't be because I think that, of course, I'm going to judge how you're raised because I've been an audience member of watching you grow up, Mm -hmm. comparing it to how I was raised. That's just a natural thing that everybody does. Well, I think what I like to think about in comparison, not to cut you off, but I think you got more one-on-one attention in the beginning years of your Mm -hmm. life and then less in the later years. Right. And I think I got less one-on-one attention in the beginning years and more in the later years. Does that make sense to you? Um, no, I think you've had one-on-one attention your whole life. <laughs> well, you would disagree. But no, I mean, because I think you forget that a lot of my childhood was spent in childcare, And I would go home past five and that was amazing. Like, I respect that that had to happen because they both had to work and put food on right. the table and pay for the house. But, and they both traveled a lot when I was growing up. So yeah. a lot of that was spent in childcare. And maybe that's why. And that's what I remember most of my childhood is being in th- those situations of childcare. Right. Well, and, and I I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm I, For me, watching, I never wanted to, like whenever I compare our growing ups, mm-hmm. it's never that I want to take away from what you had. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. Because I love you just like mom loves you. It's, of course, I want you to have all that love and that one-on-one time or whatever the perspective is. But it's it's also, it's like me back here going, comparing like um, mom knowing your friends a little bit better. I kept my friends away from mom because 
growing up, I didn't want her to know I was smoking pot. <laughs> I was sneaking out of the house and stuff. I, I tried, that was like my secret lair of life that I didn't want mom or my dad or your dad to know. I had to hide it from three people yeah. what was going on, right? And so I didn't want mom to know all the bad stuff I was doing growing up and bad stuff. It was normal crap. But I liked that nobody really was watching me mm-hmm. or re- that all the focus was on you in that moment because you know, I was like, oh yeah, okay, they're focused on the baby. I'm going to go hang out with these guys. Like it, it was, mm-hmm. and or go do stuff. Mom didn't know what the hell was going on. Like right. riding on motorcycles on Lindbergh and mm-hmm. doing crazy stuff. But it was so much fun and awesome and it added to me all in, individually. But now as I've gotten older and I've started to realize how important the relationships with our parents are right. and the pressure I've put on mom because she's the only one alive biologically, and I've realized I've unfairly put a lot on mom and I, I'm dealing with that too, but I'm also trying to make up for lost time that I pushed her away so much. It's hard to come back from that. And if I could give advice to anybody who has been estranged from their parents or maybe they, they don't feel as close to their family members, but they wish they could, you have to start just like chipping away at it little by little and like, you know, go to therapy or or tell people how you feel or have the uncomfortable conversations or right we you like know. to cry a lot in this oh my family. god we did a trip this past summer where emily our mom and i went to the lake and we just had a girls weekend and then it turned into us drinking wine and then all of us crying <laughs> all of us laying in bed crying about individual things and it was beautiful and it was so refreshing to do that to we probably do that once a year if we're lucky like where it comes out pretty on schedule once a year it is like and i and i personally look forward to it because i would rather it come out in a beautiful way like that than like the years where it's a straight fight it's a crazy fight where we're screaming and we haven't done we haven't had a brawl in a while no we haven't the last time emily and i and it really was the first and only time that you and i have ever had a physical physical (laughs) physical abuse was and I don't, we don't even need to bring it up, but like. Something set was, Lauren off at dinner. No, it was, let's have family every Sunday. We're going to have family, have family night. game night. So we all have family game night. And then something was said that I felt was out of context and I had been drinking. And then I lost it because I have, I, this is pre-therapy. She's, she's holding stuff in and it all, the now, damn burst. Now hang on. We have to talk pre-therapy and pre-therapy, post-therapy. Exactly. So this was pre-therapy. It came out in a very terrible way that was not healthy and everybody's screaming at each other and like (laughs) emily tries to leave she's newly 16 gets the car keys to storm out and we all get it is not happening and there may have been i might have thrown you onto your bed i don't know i think this is after i pushed you into the wall i threw you into the wall you pushed me onto the bed mom's like (laughs) crying (laughs) in the corner Jerry and Tim are still in the in kitchen, kitchen drinking. drinking. They're, they're they like, don't care. They don't care. And so, it, and we had to have it out. That's not my proudest moment. I definitely don't want to be pushed or push you. That was a, a raw moment where I think you were getting. I think this was pre you getting married to Tim. I think this was the year of engagement. No, I was. We were married. Okay, well then this is ex- like literally the year after. Yeah, within that year, it was bad. But at the same time. I didn't handle myself well, and again, working on yourself, you have to, like, fight your demons, and you have to fight to preserve the relationships in your life. But also, it was kind of like a normal sibling moment. It was probably the first normal, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
siblings are supposed to Brawl. have it out. At least that's what I hear. But I think it's the age difference makes it feel more dramatic than it actually is. I was wondering, to go back, because you were talking about mom being 26 when she had you and 39 when she had me. I was wondering if when you were 26, if that was, like, on your mind. It was. That that was when, and, like, now, looking back, Mm -hmm. imagine if you had, like, what, a 10-year-old right now or a 9-year-old? 9-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, how crazy. I remember when I turned 26, it was, I was very cognizant that mom was my age, and if you remember, so that was, how old am I? That was nine years ago. Yeah. Tim and I had just, so he and I have been dating for 10 years. We've been together for 10 years yeah. this year. Luckily, I would have been with him if we did have a nine-year-old by now. It would be great because we're in love and it worked out. I think about the guys I dated before Tim and those experiences that were all their own individual experiences. And I learned something from each of those people, so they weren't a waste of space or anything, but it just wasn't what was meant to be. A lot of people ask me all the time, like, why I don't have kids, and it's mainly just because I don't know that I want to have kids, and it's, um, people are pretty fun in the way that they just feel so comfortable asking that, but it's such a deep, detail-oriented question that I think it happens to be a part of, like, your upbringing, and then, like, the state of the world when you're in it, and then what your hopes are for the future. I mean, I love my life. Like, I don't know how I appear to you. I have a great life. I love my family. I know that we don't necessarily, like, put family first all the time. Like, we all don't make a point to get together every time. And we all kind of sparingly tell each other what's going on with each other. And Right. We're not talking on a daily basis. Yeah, it's just not... That's not how our family is. But I think that in the back of our... I do call dad on a daily basis. Well, (laughs) yeah, and that's great. And (laughs) I love that. I wish that I had that set up with everybody where that's what we were doing. But we just don't. And that's okay. It's Mm -hmm. okay to be not up each other's butt all the time. Like, I don't even talk to my friends every day. It's like, I I think I'm so consumed with just my job and and living and like being married. Maybe this happens. And going back to being an only child, I loved being an only child. This is before you, before mom and your dad married. I loved growing up and being like in my imagination and having such a plentiful life in that way where I was completely just a loner and just doing my own thing. And I had such a fun life, like such a fun imagination. Right. And then it was like, I always thought I wanted to have a sibling. And then whenever you came along, it was kind of late in the game. So at the time I was, I didn't feel the same way I did about it whenever I was like, I don't know, eight years old. Yeah. But then as we got older and as things started to kind of even out where we both could go to a concert together or like now that you're 21, you can literally go anywhere with me now. Now is the fun part to having a sibling to because now we can connect on so many different levels. We can go dancing if we want or we can go on vacation. I can't wait for you and I to plan you and me packing up, flying somewhere, staying in a hotel or an Airbnb and like having sister trip every year. Like I hope that's something sister we do. Sister trip every year. Sister trip every year. That's what I would love to do. I'll even foot the bill for these first couple till you I get don't, on your feet. Exactly, because I don't have money. But <laughs> Like, is that something you'd want to do? Yes. I'm trying to picture where we would go. I don't have We could any go ideas. anywhere. We could go to New York. We could go to Maine. New York would be fun. We could go to Los Angeles. We could go to we've both Seattle. Been now, so. We what? We've both been to New York now, so. Oh. We both have ideas. Do you want to tell everyone about the sex museum? No. <laughs> No, I you we went, only there went there twice. for like five. We were there three times. Give me that wine. I don't know if I'm ready for this. 
Why did you go to the sex museum in New York three times? Because there was we a guy. Tr- no, we tried to go the first night, and we got there ten minutes to close, and they said, you can't make it through this soon, so we and had to you leave. Said, you said, but we need to see the sex! <laughs> this, this was the other girls. She, like, really wanted to go, and I was like, chill. So then we, you know, we went home. We're like, okay, cool. Let's go do other stuff. So we did. And then the second night, we tried to go again, and they had told us to come back, but there was a private party, so they're like, you can't come in. At the in. sex museum? At the sex museum, Yes. And we were like, okay, well, time to go. So then we came back the third day. She was so committed. She had to go. What is so we at went the back sex to museum? Nothing that I could see that was really that like important. I don't know. Porn. Like, I don't know. There's penises. Yeah, exactly. Emily. So <laughs> anyway, so we went the third day and it was like, okay, we did this. <laughs> I love that you go, you're like, we're going to New York. It's a girl's trip. We're going to. We're having a trip, and then that's the place that you go. We like, went a lot of places. Did you see the the nine eleven tribute? Yes, we did. How long did you stay there versus how long you stayed at the sex museum? I think we probably we didn't stay more time at the nine eleven tribute because it's not a museum that you can walk through. Oh, the whole purpose of going there was going through the museum, which takes you a hot second, apparently, mm. according to the doorman the first night. We we did go to the nine eleven. Okay. And we we stood there for a minute. We read some names. Okay. We walked to both of the fountain thingies. Do you remember nine eleven? No. Yeah, you were so young. That's so crazy that there's a generation of people that just are were alive mm-hmm. but were not cognizant of what was happening. Well, this was two thousand one, right? Mm-hmm. And I was two. Yeah. There, no, I'm not saying you should know. <laughs> but even even so, like your world at two is pretty happy nobody's gonna bring that into your and it's just weird that you've never experienced airports pre 9-11 i mean i have mom and dad took me flying when i was literally three months old to portugal right but i don't have any memory of not going through like security yeah we've talked a lot tonight i feel like we didn't hit a lot of stuff it's fine no this was really good what is the purpose of this music we didn't even talk about music no this isn't a music we have you listened to my podcast? Yeah, I listen to like five of them. Yeah. I listen to the ones where I'm like, I know that person. I really want to support you. Like, you know me? I've written review. No, I know you, obviously. But no, like when you were talking to Miss McGee, I listened to that one. Yeah. I listened to Moms. What is your opinion of me? And be real. Don't bullshit these I need, people. Like, I need like more to go off of. I feel like that's not a lot. Like, of- why don't okay. you go first? All right. Here's what I think about you. Okay. I think you are really bright. Wow, brutal. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think you're bright. I always talk about how you are my soulmate. Mm-hmm. I tell I tell everybody that you and Tim are my soulmates. I know. I like to hear that. Yeah. No, that and that's so true. And I love you and I cherish our relationship because I and I don't think you realize once everybody else is gone that we love so much, like it's going to be me and you and mm-hmm. and I take a lot of pride in that and I think that you know, out of all the people in the world that can be in my core group of people. Like, I have my best friends and I have people that I adore that aren't related to me. There is nothing like having a sister, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm so, I feel like such a gift. I feel like you are a gift to me. So you're this bright, smart gift who, yes, our relationship has always been kind of complex, but I feel like it's coming to a place that's very interesting and it's like a new place in our Mm -hmm. adulthood. And so I'm just very thankful for you. You're more proper than I am, even though I know you can be, you have the capacity to be wild because that's just in our blood. I feel like you. With alcohol. 
taking you to Nashville for your 21st and having that whole experience was like really gift. It was a gift test. Mom and I got to plan that whole experience for you. And I loved that first night before Kelly showed up that Tim and I took you out and it was just us three going out. Mm-hmm. I just loved watching you. You you knew that you were going to be okay because you're with me and Tim. And just watching you have shots and like dance and just have literally like no care in the world was so fun to watch. And like, I love that. And I will cherish going to, like, we should go to Nashville every year. Um, well, I think it's also just the product of not being in people, around people that you know. Right. There was nobody that we knew that. Yeah. We could just be ourselves and give it or leave it, you know? So yeah. I just, I love you and I, I don't think you're weird. I think you're quite normal. And I think that you oh, and right. I have very, we have similarities that people might see if they get to know both of us, but then I think people probably think we're like super different. Yeah. But I like that. I don't... If you and I were the same, I would feel... It would be weird. It would be like like competition. Yeah. Yeah. It would be shitty. So I love that we're different and I celebrate our differences and I cherish our relationship. Well, that was... Yeah, top Great. that shit. <laughs> maybe you should have gone. Maybe you should have gone. Can we clip it and you can go last? I feel like you should go last. You know, ended on the best note because you're the writer <laughs> and, and, the, and the speech maker. I'm. The, I've given three speeches, not on this podcast tonight. Anyway, that's true. They've been ongoing. We should have been recording all we night. We should have been recording earlier. Okay, so the question is, do I think you're weird? <laughs> The an essay by Emily. <laughs> I don't think you're weird. I think that you have been different things throughout my life. I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> don't I need you not to look don't at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna get through this isn't gonna make it on. <laughs> it's not. Oh god. Okay. Okay, I'm not I crying. haven't even said anything. I know. <laughs> It's the wine. Lauren's had two bottles. I've of given wine. three Gettysburg addresses tonight, and I'm crying. Okay, I said right. three words. Okay, so yeah, back to the top. You've been different things throughout my life. You know, at first you were like the older person who was like there but not because mm-hmm. you were in your room and the door was shut and locked and locked. Don't go in there. Right, incense. And yes, exactly. Incense. It's gonna burn down. Jill's pissed. And I was, I think to you at that time, I was the rat. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I got a tattoo, don't tell mom. And I wasn't capable of keeping secrets. And so you'd point it out. So I would definitely call you out. I think as we've grown up in middle school and then even into high school, like, I think you were the person that I would call when, like, things were going wrong. And I just, like, wanted, even though nothing was going wrong, really. I would think, like, things were going wrong because Susie Q and me were having a fight. Or, like, you know, some guys being a total asshole. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that you were good for that because we used to go to the mall and go shopping. Then we'd talk in the car. Mm -hmm. That's where all the shit comes out is in the car. In the car. That's where the real stuff comes out. Right. And then since I've been in high school, it's kind of fun to call you sometimes and talk about things that are going on that you didn't expect from me. Mm -hmm. Things that I'm doing that you just didn't think I would be doing because of the person that you thought I was. Oh my God. The first night that you called me and you're like, I'm hammered. I was so mad at you. I was so mad. This is while you were in college. I think this was not the first night I did that. But well, it's, it was the first time that I was really, really drunk. And I it was you. like 
I wasn't, even though I'm not It was naive, like 2 o'clock on a Saturday. It was. And I was like, are you kidding me? Because then it, well, really I was mad at you. I, of course I'm not going to be mad at you for having fun in college because I, everybody does that. But I was mad because I was like, now I'm going to be worried about her for the rest of the day. And I was. And I was so mad at you. Anyway. Really good times. Well, but yeah. (laughs) So like, you know, you still have that sometimes where you like want to give a lot of advice or you want to like be the mom and like scold me. And sometimes we have to take a step back from that because I have a mom who already gives the advice and will scold me pretty often. (laughs) But hey, and I've been working on it. Exactly. We've come to a better place. I have heard you and I have dealt with that you know, even though that's my nature to give advice mm-hmm. to anybody who's at, talking to me about their problems. Right. You're really quick to come to a solution. Absolutely, I Sometimes am. I need to figure it out, though. I know, but... Also, sometimes you have the solution. Sometimes <laughs> I do have the solution. No, I know. And it's just a balancing act. Do you think I'm a weirdo? You're okay, still yes. That? I'm sorry. I think you are. Good. And I think that's the good thing. I think that our family's really weird. Yeah. I think that all of us have had too many close calls and weird things. It's really number one for us right now and where we all are in our lives. So, Mm -hmm. like, this family, we don't have it forever. And I'm definitely thinking about that with my career. You know, I don't want to live here. I don't want to... No offense to the state. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to live in Missouri. I maybe want to live in Illinois. But long term, I think I want to live in Washington, D.C. And I want to enact change and, and... be on the move and do a lot of different things in my life that are very different from what you're doing in your life. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that I have that in the back of my head that I'm going to be leaving Mm -hmm. is definitely always there. And I don't think that you're a weirdo. (laughs) I think that it's, it's strange because I always want to bring friends over and bring like friends or, you know, guys into this loop. And then I, I'm like almost never want them to come. When it actually Why? comes to inviting them, because I just like the I like the vibe that we have, just as us. Mm-hmm. And I think that I don't ever want to have to be a different person with this group of people. You'll not. But let me say this: as and I totally understand you. What mm-hmm. you mean by that? I think that once you find a perfect balance of being yourself with the people that are your friends mm-hmm. and the people that are your family. That's when you've nailed the human nature around you. I brought home a ton of guys that I was not my, who I was at home was not who I was with them. Mm -hmm. And it didn't, it just never worked. Yeah. You know? So, but Mm -hmm. you'll have plenty of that. And I totally get what you're saying though. And as much as all of us want to like see you thrive in your career and do what you're going to do in DC and stuff. All of us are also really excited about anybody you bring home. Like you're, we, I, cause I, cause you learn layers of people mm-hmm. who we run in circles with is a part, is an extension of ourselves. Your friend, like when you brought Madison over for dinner that time and we were able to meet Madison, like, and see this new dynamics, you know, explore that with you. Yeah. That's when you found your people is when they light you up and it, you bring in a new energy to your yeah core. Yeah. I agree with that. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add at the end here? I love you. I love you, too. I love being your sister. Mm -hmm. Thank you for existing. Oh. And there it was. Much thanks to my sister for being so candid and 
loving and fun. I absolutely enjoyed sitting in my meditation room for an hour with her and listening to her. And she has grown up so much. I know that's kind of cliche to say, but when you are significantly older than your siblings, I think that you you become an audience of their life. And as I explained, you know, I've, I've compared a lot of my life to my sister's and that's both fair and unfair to do. But nonetheless, I love her and I will always celebrate her and cheer her on in the audience. And so I'm happy to have on record this conversation, with, which hopefully in, enlightened you to some things, maybe with your own siblings or your own people in your life. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. It does. And not every episode has to be philosophical, I guess. Right. But I really enjoyed it. So April will be a male month. And I have two fantastic human dudes lined up to share with you. And I'm going to just kind of leave it at that. We don't really know what's going on as far as this coronavirus right now in life. So there could be things that have to be shuffled and rescheduled for the interview. So I don't want to go ahead and promote and then it doesn't happen. We will have men in the month of April. So look forward to that. And I hope you all are well. Think of others and try to find something every day that you're grateful for or that brings you joy. Maybe this was it today. If so, I'm happy to have that as a service to you. And if you need anything, you can always hit me up on Twitter at Learn Versus Radio or Facebook at Learn Radio or on Instagram at Learn underscore FM. Those are the ways to get in touch with me if you need some other bright spots. And please rate, review, subscribe, share. I love love seeing when you're listening to these episodes, even if it's an old episode. And I just thank you so much for your support and your ears. Talk to you in April. Peace.